What's the worst part about breaking four tackles and running into the end zone for the game-winning touchdown? Not having your Wayfair still with you to protect your eyes from all the flashbulbs. Sounders, keep your shades anchored and where they belong during life's greatest feats. Head to soundergoods.com and use promo code KTTC to get 10% off and free shipping with any order. You're listening to the Keefe to the City Podcast. Here's Neil Keefe. All right, so the Rangers returned uh, from the All-Star break, started up the second half, and uh, things didn't go so well at the Nassau Coliseum as they lose to the Islanders now. Uh, the third time they met this season, third loss against a rival. Uh, the Islanders getting that best team in New York tag for another day or at least for another meeting, and I'm sure things like that aren't going to go away anytime soon for the Islanders as they're uh, making their name known and making their presence known in the league this year. And here to talk uh, Rangers-Islanders with me, as we do just about every time these two teams meet, is Mike Carver of WFAN, and you can also hear him on the Butch Goring Show on Hockey This Week Radio Network. Mike, how's it going today? And uh, I guess it's going pretty well after another Islanders win. Well, of course, we were all smiles today. It was a, uh, <laughs> a fun with the guys saw Coliseum last night, that's for sure, as uh, both teams came back from the break. And, uh, hey, you know, another big win for the Islanders out there. They continue what's been a, uh, a very fun start to the season for, the, for them. Yeah, and outside of the first period, I mean, which the Islanders uh, dominated, and, and the Rangers, you know, outshot them in the second and third, um, their their chances, their shots, their scoring opportunities were more about quantity and, and less about quality, which was the exact opposite for the Islanders. But it just seems like, you know, the Rangers haven't been able to solve the lock. They haven't been able to solve the Islanders. And it worries me a lot because it's clear that, you know, at least uh, through this first half or 55% of the season, the Islanders certainly do have the Rangers number, and that's not going to bode well, especially with the uh, postseason format where the divisions line up in the early rounds. Yeah, yeah, both teams meet very well, but the Islanders are a team that they pressure the puck, they get a lot of offensive chances. Uh, the, the fourth line, uh, which is uh, kind of their second best line, the fourth line kind of can dominate some play out there with Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck and uh, Casey Sezikis, and they just seem like that they can take the game to the Rangers and it's a bad matchup. I would say, let's face it, I mean, sometimes teams have bad matchups against others. You know, the Rangers dominate some teams. They don't play well against others. Same thing for the Islanders. You could do that with any team in the league pretty much. But for whatever reason right now, Neil, when the Islanders and the Rangers get on the same sheet of ice, the Islanders just take it to them. And, and there's still a few games to go here, but it's been a great start. It's looking good right now if the Islanders have to play the Rangers in a playoff series. Yeah, and uh, we talked in the past about uh, about Jack Capuano, and you were always the guy who just wanted him out, and you wanted him gone. And now with the Islanders turning the corner here and, and beating up, you know, a, a, not only on the Rangers but the entire league, have you turned the corner and changed your mind on him? Well, I don't think I ever said I wanted him out. I think what I always told you was he wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to go anywhere. I think I said that ever because him and Garth were, you know, too good of buddies, and then Garth is the guy that really runs things over there. It's not the owner. Uh, I knew Jack wasn't going to go anywhere. Sometimes, Neil, you know, in professional sports, we see it in whether it's NFL or Major League Baseball. You know, maybe sometimes you just have to give a guy a little bit of time. You know, uh, it's been a few years now. The guy has now coached and won the second most amount of games in Islander franchise history. He's behind Al Arbor in both categories. And it doesn't seem like he's been there all that long. But uh, and not that the Islanders have a 
a great history outside of Al Harbor of legendary coaches, you know, Mike Bilberry and, and all these other clowns that have been behind the bench. But, you know, it, maybe sometimes it just takes the time. Other guys, we saw Scott Gordon get axed after maybe two years. We've seen Islanders go through coach after coach after coach after coach. Maybe it was time to just stay the course here and see what happens. And you've seen the arrow slowly point upward pretty much every season. And now they're, you know, as they say, you know, they're shattering the glass here this year. Yeah, and... Uh... And, I you know, going back to uh, when he took over, and, I mean, to, to, to not have him in the playoffs last year, um, and then, you know, with, with everything that happened with the way they handled uh, the Vanek situation and the trades and not getting things back in return, but the year before when, they you know, they made the playoffs and they gave the Penguins a scare, I think that's, uh, you know, when we first started talking about Capuano and... Uh, it seemed like he had him, you know, had them going in the right direction uh, before, you know, before last season. Obviously, the injury to Tavares and the goaltending situation didn't help. But it does seem like, you know, I know Islanders fans. I know, like yourself, like you said, you, you never thought he'd really go anywhere because of the situation. But it seems like maybe he is the right choice for this team. And maybe he uh, is able to, you know, get, you know, hit the right buttons, press the right buttons, and get them going where they need to be. Because, you know, it looks night and day from the team we saw last year. And I don't know, maybe he's changed some things he's done. I mean, you watch... You know, you watch every single second of the Islanders team, but has there been anything that he's changed or, you know, made adjustments to his own coaching techniques that has them as a better team, or is it just that they've been healthier and have finally solidified the goaltending with a lock? I think that uh, it's more of the second part of it. I, I think that these young guys, and Jack's been with a lot of these guys from the time they were in the minors, because Capuano was the coach of the AHL team before he was brought up to be the coach of the Islanders, so... He coached Franz Nielsen, Josh Bailey, uh, Travis Hyman, a lot of these guys down at Bridgeport. So they kind of have grown with him, the club alongside of him. Uh, you have a lot of young guys under the age of 25 and 26 on this team that have now been together for, you know, three, four, five seasons. And I think it's more a combination of all those young guys growing together over a number of years and then solidifying the goaltending situation with the because they haven't had a goaltender over the last two seasons, not a reliable one anyway. And I think it's a combination of those two. I, I, Jack does do some things better. Uh, there's no doubt about that. You know, he, you know, in-game stuff, he's a little bit better at. Doug Wake as his assistant has gotten better as well. You know, there's, there's a lot of things you're going to get better. I mean, if you, every year you coach another 80 games, you would have to think you're going to get better at some aspects of it. <laughs> And Jack has done that, and he looks like he's probably, you would have to think, going to be a finalist for the uh, the Jack Adams Award this year. I mean, geez, especially if the Islanders do end up winning the Metro Division. Other guys like Peter Lavioletta having a, having a great year with Nashville, resurrecting them. Uh, Hartley out in Calgary is having a good season. But you'd have to think that Capuano, at this point, Neil, got to be one of your favorites for the Jack Adams. Yeah, I think so, and uh, you know, I, I think certainly when you look at where the Islanders are coming from to where they are now, you know, that aside from anything else is really the the number one reason, the number one factor to why he would be at least uh, you know in the conversation, if not the favorite to win it. And you know, you mentioned Halak and and solidifying the goaltending situation finally. And uh, you know, I have never really been the biggest Halak guy. I wasn't sure you know how he would do with the Islanders. Obviously, he's done great. He was in the All Star game, which sort of uh, I I still watch the skills competition, the All Star game. I know it doesn't mean anything i know a lot of people don't care for it but to see him there instead of like lundquist it just sort of you know it, 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 it irritated me a little bit you know <laughs> i mean I, I listen we know this the all-star game is apples on who really cares at the end of the day 
Uh, I think that Hank, after a couple other guys went down, was probably asked. And, he, you know, at that point, either had plans to what he was going to do on the break. I mean, geez, they brought Brian Elliott in, for God's sakes. I mean, we, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure <laughs> Hank deserves to be there over him. If you got a gripe, I mean, I think that uh, there's a few other guys you should look at before you go to Yaroslav a lot. A lot's had a big year in here. I mean, come on now. He's, he's 26 and 9. He's been outstanding. Uh, I think he deserved to be here. I thought he deserved to be there to begin with. And uh, Lundqvist, Halak, we know who's had the better career. There's no, uh, there's no way around that. But let's be honest right now. Who's having a better season? At this point, after 45, 46 games, you'd have to say, you know, you'd have to say that Halak is, right? No, I and would... he's I believe he's three and zero against Funkus this year, right? right? Yeah, he is, and uh, you know, I agree. I agree. I just, uh, I mean, in in reality, I, I didn't, you know, it doesn't really bother me that much. Lundqvist wasn't there, and if he didn't want to go, he, you know, he was probably better off having the four or five days off. Let's no, that's what, that's what I, you know, that's what I was going to say is because when you look at last year, I mean, you know, they 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 uh, opened with that huge West Coast trip in October. Um, it took them a while right. to get going, and then they play all the way through June. So you know, that's the longest season of his career. Today he's getting older. He's in his, you know, he's in his early mid thirties now, and it does make sense where if you can have you know a few days off in the middle of a season, um, especially at this point where it seems like the Eastern Conference, the eight teams involved in the playoff mix are going to be the eight teams because you know yeah. Florida's really I don't see them making a run, and after them there's no one really else that has a chance. So if you can get a break right now and you know you're you know you're probably going to the postseason anyway, it's good to have this extra rest because seating and everything will matter when it comes down the stretch. So for him to get this extra break right now, I think it is a positive. And you know I do like the the implemented rule in the NHL where uh, you, you're not you know you can't miss the All Star game unless you're injured because then you'd have guys missing left and right to get a mini vacation. But uh, I do like that they implemented that rule where you get suspended if you do it because it is for the fans and players should take it as a privilege and they should play. Absolutely. I agree with you. You know, if you're getting asked to go and play there, and it is for the fans. At the end of the day, it's all about the fans that entire weekend. They do a good job. And I think the majority of the guys, Neil, do want to be there. I, I, I think they, they still enjoy going, even guys that have gone multiple times. Uh, but you're right. It was a nice job by them. MLB should do that too, right? Because we've seen a lot of uh, seen a lot of guys disappear uh, when it comes around for MLB uh, All Star time too. But I, I think Lundqvist probably could have used the four or five days off. And when Halak originally wasn't named to it, I thought it was not a bad thing because I thought he could have used the four or five days off. Because God, it's been forever since I've seen Chad Johnson play going to the New York Islanders. So. <laughs> It probably isn't uh, that bad of a thing, you know? No, and I think in terms of baseball where you have the guys missing it left and right and there's no punishment and there's no repercussions and uh, it seems like by the end of the thing there's, you know, 80 guys named the All-Star team because of all the replacements. But it's like it's like having a pitcher in the All-Star game. Why go out there and burn 15 to 20 useless pitches when you're going to need those down the stretch? And the same thing's for a goalie. While the players can play it like it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, a men's league skate, skate around, the goalies still have to put all their gear on, they still have to try, they still have to face real shots, so it makes sense for them to get the break of anyone. Yeah, no question about it. Like you said, a long year last year for Henrik. I mean, you, I didn't even think about it that way. They had that long trip at the beginning of the year. They played until June. The guy also went over and played for Sweden in the Olympics. I mean, that was, uh, that was a very long draining year for King Henrik. <laughs> so uh, maybe it was good for him to get a couple of days off here. 
Looked like the other couple of days didn't help him too much last night, though. Eh? He didn't. He, you know what, though? Let's be honest here. He kept the Rangers in that game because the you know he that that score could have been a lot worse last night. And Lundqvist once again saving the Rangers bacon left and right all over the ice. What exactly happened last night? Yeah, what was going on? Guys asleep at the wheel here after a few days off? I don't really know. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, when you look at what they've done since the beginning of December, it's just one loss because they won so many games. I mean, they're due to get into a little slide here, and I thought they would uh, two weeks ago when they lost the Islanders and then the Bruins, but then they bounced back with three straight wins, and you think, okay, maybe that you know was a little bump in the road, and they're back on things, and then they get a break. I mean, a week off between games, and they come out with that performance where everyone sort of you know looked a step behind um, the power play when they did have the chance, uh, you know, waited too long to take shots and get shots off, and it just seems like everyone was just a little bit off, and maybe that's coming back from the break, but I mean, the Islanders are coming back from a break too, and they played fine, so I don't know what it is. I guess, you know, you just chalk it up as part of an 82-game season, and you're going to have your ups and downs. It's just very odd that all their downs are coming against the Islanders. Yeah, you know, just another meaningless January hockey game, you know, that's all that it was last night at the end of the day. Uh, who cares, you know? And you brought up a great point to be on, uh, to me on Twitter last night, and, you know, it's weird because the Ranger fans were jumping off the ship last night. McDonough's a bad captain, this side. So all this garbage on Twitter last night, and you said, you know, it would be fun, you know, the Rangers don't win a game all year in the regular season against the Islanders. They go 0 and 5, and then they would probably end up, then they would probably end up beating them in the playoffs. And that's why I am scared to death of that notion. So when they go meet a couple Mondays from now out again at the Coliseum, I think I'm going to be doing a little reverse mycology. I'll be looking for the Rangers to win that night just because I don't see that donut when they do face off in April or May. I want them uh, to get to the Rangers to taste a little victory against the Islanders before we get to the playoffs. No, I think you definitely do, and that's in, in any sport, in any situation, you want that because, I mean, right now, yes, I'm petrified of the Rangers having to face the Islanders, uh, whether it be in the first round or any round, because it seems like they have their number, they're a bad matchup um, for them, you know, the Rangers can't really keep up with them, and the Islanders' whole, you know, offensive first mentality is not something the Rangers deal with uh, the best way, even though they do have, uh, you know, better chances against, like, Pittsburgh and, and Washington, um, but like you said, you know, you want to have at least one loss on the board you don't want to be like a couple years ago in 07 the ALDS the Yankees had the Indians number and then they got knocked out and it's like in March Madness you don't want to be that undefeated team heading into the tournament you always want to have at least uh, one thing on your board because otherwise things will even out at some point you don't want them to even it out when it counts the most Nah, I'm with you 100% and you know what some teams do hold the other teams numbers we know about that stuff I mean right now uh, you can make the case both the Rangers and the Islanders kind of have the Penguins number right now. Uh, the Penguins are having all kinds of problems, uh, you know, and it seems like they have a lot of trouble against those two teams. The Rangers, you could say, do kind of have a little past uh, playoff edge over the Washington Capitals. So there, there are all these things, but it's been a long time since the Islanders have won a playoff series, and I don't need to be staring at the Rangers in the first round, and we have to go in 5-0 and against them in the regular season. Uh, that I won't feel too comfortable if that situation presents itself. <laughs> well, I think as of right now, I mean, we, we're still a long ways away from that. But, you know, I don't care really about the Rangers. I think you just, you know, with the NHL playoffs, it's always the same thing where you just want to get in. Uh, you know, you don't have to worry about the seating. It's not like the home ice is that much a big deal. But for the Islanders, I mean, do you want, the, uh, do you want that one overall seed? Do you want that responsibility? Absolutely. Got to have it. <laughs> I think I... 
I think it's, uh, I honestly think it's a must have. We kind of talked about this a couple weeks ago. I honestly feel the Islanders are one of the few teams in the NHL where they could have a legitimate home ice advantage playing a playoff game, whether it be a game one or, or a game seven at home. I, I really think that they would have a distinct advantage over a club. Uh, that building has been loud this year. I, I, and even last night with all the snow in the area and the bad situation, they had a full house. Uh, all the yes, yes, yes stuff after every goal. It was all, everybody was going nuts there. I think the Islanders, you know, I think it would be huge for them. If they somehow win this division or even win the conference, and they're, uh, they're getting games one and two in their building and a potential game seven in their building, I think it's huge for them. I think for them, more than other teams, I think for a team like the Rangers, it doesn't matter. I think the Rangers are enough battle-tested where they can go into any situation. It's not going to matter to them where the game is. I think for the Young Islanders, it would be a big boost for them if they got some home ice. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I feel like I thought you were going to answer differently. I thought you were going to say you didn't want to have that, that one seat attached to them going into the playoffs. I, I, I don't think it matters. I'm with you. I don't think the seeds are that big of a deal, but I, I just think it would be uh, – it would be something special. They're having a, they're kind of having a, a special sort of quasi magic carpet type of stuff going on right now. They haven't gotten to the games that really, really matter yet. But through 45, 46 games, I mean, it's a little magic carpet run. And I think uh, if they could somehow take the next step and, and that be to win a division or win the conference and then win around. You know, win another round. I think that they're kind of having that little ride right now. And uh, as last year in the Coliseum, all that stuff, I, I think it would be good for them. I think it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, and, uh, you know, when you look at right now the, the situation and how everything lines up, and, and right now they are the number one seed, so they would have to get one of the two wild cards um the, the Capitals and the Bruins fighting those spots out right now with the Rangers would set up to play the Penguins. But, you know, the Islanders, because they've had such a strong season, is there any team right now that, that scares you or worries you about uh, not only a first-round matchup, but any round, really? Well, there's a couple teams that I've seen the Islanders play against this year that I, I think it would be a problem for them. One is the Montreal Canadiens. They have problems with that team. Um, I know the Rangers, uh, you know, have had a lot of success against Montreal. Islanders are the exact opposite. They... Just uh, the couple times they've played this year, you know, that kind of style that is so successful for the Islanders against teams like the Rangers and the Penguins, it really gets thrown back at them against Montreal, and they end up giving up bad goals left and right. For whatever reason, the Canadians seem to have the Islanders' number. Uh, the other team that maybe... Uh, i got to see more of the Bruins. The Islanders do play the Bruins, uh, I believe, tomorrow night out at the Coliseum. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Islanders have played well against Pittsburgh, well against the Rangers. They've owned the Detroit Red Wings over the past, like, 10 to 15 years for whatever reason. I know that most of those years they're only playing them once or twice a year. But the Islanders have owned the Red Wings. I'd love to get a piece of them. Um, and, and you know what? Tampa, I think, would be a problem for them, too. I think Tampa and Montreal are the two teams where I would have legitimate concern, the Islanders facing them in a playoff series. Yeah, when it comes to the Rangers, I feel like it's, uh, you know, after what happened with Pittsburgh last year, I think it would always have been Pittsburgh, but then to overcome them sort of felt like when the Yankees finally beat the Angels in 09, and you, once you, you know, once you do it, it's sort of, uh, you, you feel a little more comfortable in the future. But for the Rangers, I think it, you know, I, I do agree with Montreal and Tampa. The, Tampa's given them a tough time all season, and then Montreal, um, I saw them, fortunately, without price for most of that series, and I think that'd be different, but it's 
it's really, I would say, Tampa and Boston. And while Boston's had somewhat of a down season, I think you never really want to count them out because they've been tested in the playoffs. They've been to two cups recently. And uh, they just have such a deep team that they're, they're, they seem to be, you know, they're not really on the Blackhawks level, but they always seem to come back in games. They're never really out of games, very much like the Blackhawks. And I think really the Blackhawks, Kings, and Bruins are the three teams that, no matter if they're down 2 nothing, 3 nothing, they'll always find a way to at least put themselves in a situation to tie the game up. No, I agree with you 100%. Uh, the Bruins are a team that I'd be worried about if I had to play a playoff series against them. Uh, they're a very good club. They're battle-tested. We've talked about this in the past also. I, I think that the Kings and the Blackhawks, I don't care if the Kings, the Kings wouldn't make the playoffs today if they started. Uh, I don't think that'll be the case once they get, all they have to do is get in. The Kings have shown they can win Stanley Cups from the eighth spot. They've shown that they can do these things. Uh, I think the Kings and the Blackhawks are earmarked again for another West Final. But the Bruins are a team. They, they could be that second wild card. And I still think they could definitely make some kind of run in the East. But if you take all those eight teams together, Neil, We've said this, and I'm with you. Those are the eight teams making the playoffs. The eight teams you see now on the Eastern Conference, those are the eight teams that are going to be there. I don't. Florida's a nice story, but they're not getting. They're already seven or eight points off the pace, and anybody in back of them, they're just really bad. The Devils stink. Uh, watching the Flyers last week against the Islanders, the Flyers are embarrassing. I don't know what <laughs> happened to them. Over- I am so glad. I mean, we, we shipped them straight and Andrew McDonald, and they and fortunes have changed. I mean, the Flyers stink now, and the Islanders are good. And years from now, we're going to look back on the Islanders giving those two stiffs down there to the Flyers as being part of the reason for this uh, renaissance here. But, uh, I mean, these other teams in the East, Columbus is way too banged up now. I mean, they finally start to get a little help. And now Bobrovsky gone for four to six weeks. They're, those eight teams are making it. And any of those eight right now, I feel, could make the Stanley Cup Finals out of the East. Any eight of them. I could see winning three rounds and getting to the uh, Stanley Cup final. Well, yeah, and uh, you know, I think that just goes to show how how deep the conference is this year, and, and uh, how much things have changed. And with the Rangers uh, and Islanders playing on Tuesday night at Nassau, and now they only have two games left there, and you've grown up on this rivalry, uh, you've grown up going to games, uh, you know, at Nassau against the Rangers, and with just two dates left against each other there, and these home games starting to come off the calendar, are you starting to get you know sentimental about the last season of the Coliseum. Yeah, you know, walking around there last week, I was out there. They played that Monday afternoon matinee game against the Flyers right before the All-Star break on Martin Luther King Day. And I kind of got out to the arena a little early, and I, and I walked around a little bit, and the place was filling up. And I was like, man, we're, this is it. We're at the All-Star break. And the Islanders do have a lot of games left. Um, I believe they have something about around, I think they got 20 games, home games left and 15 road games. So the Islanders do a portion of their schedule left at the Nassau Coliseum. We definitely know there's going to be some postseason games too, but yeah, this is, uh, this is going to be a little, a little weird these next three or four months with the Islanders. They're doing a lot of good things. They're bringing a lot of the old guys back one more time, kind of having an extra night for them. All the guys with the retired numbers, I think they're actually doing uh, Mike Bossy tomorrow night before the Bruin game. Just uh, giving a, a last farewell to a lot of the legends that played for this franchise during that uh, glorious period in the early 1980s. Even some other guys are bringing back too. Uh, in March, they're having a little night for Kyle LaFontaine out there also, which uh, I'm looking forward to being. He was my favorite player growing up as a kid. So a lot of good stuff at the Coliseum. 
That LaFontaine night is probably where it's really going to hit me, Neil. That night I got to see Patty out there <laughs> realizing this is it. This is the end of the line here at the old barn. But it's going it's to rock all the way to April and May this year. We know that much, Neil. Yeah, and I think, you know, going back to, like, when Yankee Stadium was closing and they had the countdown ticker or when Derek Jeter, you know, his final season. And when these things happen beforehand, it seems like it's so far in the future that you're like, eh, whatever, you know, there's so much time. But I think now is about the time, really, now that the All-Star break's over and you're going down the stretch here with only a couple months left in the season, I felt like now would be the time that it would start to settle in and, and set in that this is the final season uh, for Highlanders home games at the Coliseum. No, it's set, it's setting in, believe me. And not only is it setting in, it's, it's getting harder to get into the building. I mean, geez, I'm used to my entire life where I could pretty much go to an Islander game, uh, you know, and get to get a couple of tickets, you know, hours before the game. Wouldn't be a problem whatsoever. Uh, Islander fans have a little bit of a hard time getting into the building because they've been, they've been selling out every game. And last night was their 12th sellout already, uh, which has got to be just as many as they've had in the last two or three years combined. Uh, they, they've got a lot of sellouts coming up. People are excited, and uh, it's going to start to hit home. Uh, it, it's coming fast, Neil. We know how fast the calendar turns. <laughs> so uh, we're getting there, man. It's going to be a fun couple of months, though. Well, you sound extra enthusiastic, extra pumped up about it. I mean, you you got you got the tweets about the best team in New York taking shots at Lundquist. So you know you're having a, you're having a good time with this. I don't take any shots at Lundquist. No. I never take <laughs> shots at Henry Lundquist. I'm, I I've been throwing the slight jabs out there, uh, you know, kind of to the Ranger fan in general because there's a lot of them out there, Neil. And we've talked about this too. No matter what. Uh, they still contend that the Rangers are the best team in New York, and I told you I don't like to get involved in those things. <laughs> I was just making a, I was just making a statement that, gee, you know, the NHL must be pretty tough considering the best team in New York is 0-3 against the other team in New York, <laughs> and, 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 they, and they've been outscored, uh, what, 13-4 uh, in 12 periods. So it's, uh, it's hard to believe that they're not the best team in New York when you look at all those hard numbers and statistics. But, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're still chasing, I guess, the best team in New York. So we'll see what happens. All right, Mike. Well, they still got a you know they still got a couple games left against each other this season. Next one's uh, middle of February, so we'll talk again. Maybe this next time, uh, you know, you won't be so cheerful. Maybe the Islanders will come a little bit back down to earth, and maybe the Rangers will uh, you know meet them along the way and finally uh, play some real hockey uh, when they finally meet their rival. Neil, it's gonna happen. I told you, brother. It's happening this year. We're getting it. Islanders, Rangers, first round, second round. Who knows? But this is the year. We're settling it all. All this other stuff is garbage, Neil. They're going to play for real when it counts. (laughs) All right, Mike. Thanks again. All right. Thanks, Neil. Have a good one, buddy. Anytime.